You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Libertarian Country is one of the fastest growing and most popular liberty-themed apparel companies in the world. This American-based company was founded by two brothers out of Baltimore who had a vision to create an online store that offers fun, unique, and controversial political clothing and accessories. This five-star company offers the hottest shirts, hoodies, hats, and so much more. So check them out today. This is an independently-owned, liberty-loving business that basically gives you the exact type of apparel and paraphernalia that you've wanted anyway. You just didn't know you wanted it now. Every purchase you make using the link in the show notes allows a small part of your purchase to come back and support the show. So go on, go grab some awesome libertarian country swag using that link in the show notes. You'll thank me later. Hey, everybody, check out the Break the Bell podcast, where we believe your voice is your most powerful weapon. For a weekly dose of our take on what's going on in the world mixed with a side of history. Find us wherever podcasts are found or on social media handle at Break the Bell Pod. And most importantly, never stop talking. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. So you can go ahead and stop listening to this entire thing if you've heard this one joke before. If you hadn't, I promise you're, you're going to enjoy it. Well, maybe you won't. It depends whether or not you're a cat person. And I know that's a strange way to intro to the show, but I promise it's all going somewhere. You've got these two friends standing out in the middle of nowhere, as friends do. And you've got one holding a cat and the other one holding a blender. And here you have on one side somebody saying, I'm going to stick this entire cat in a blender. And the other person is like, no, you should not blend the cat. That's freaking crazy. Then a third person comes out and they're screaming, no, wait, you two left, right radicals. Let me meet you in the middle. I'm a centrist. What if we only blend half the cat? Therefore, we only have to determine which half do we put in. And that's basically how politics work. Now, I know what you're probably asking yourself. Where's the libertarian in this situation? You have the left that wants to shred, that wants to completely shred the entire cat. You have the right that's saying, don't shred the cat. Then you have the moderate saying, well, if we only shred half the cat. Well, the cat is the libertarian. There you go. You're probably not laughing. If you are, I hope you're not driving so that way you don't go into oncoming traffic. But that's essentially the world we live in. We live in a world where uh, if you're listening to this, you're probably part of the small, very minute Illuminati of individuals that are actually questioning whether or not we should have any say in the world. And if you're listening to this program of all things, you probably know my stance is let's just survive it out. Let's go ahead and get our Bitcoin mining and you know, gun running operation and go to Belize or something any day now, but that takes time and money. And hopefully right now we're trying to earn that time and money. But the big question is, in the meantime, how do we get as many people thinking about the things that we like to talk about? Because that's what we do here. The question is often, do people actually want liberty or do they not? It's strange. It's uncanny. It's today's topic. That's why I went ahead and brought on the newest addition to the Wall family. Julia Geyer. Julia, thank you for joining the program. Thank you for having me. So uh, you, you, you came out of the closet recently. And now I, I don't mean the closet that we're often thinking of, the one that Tom Cruise is still in. I'm talking about the libertarian closet. 
how yeah. did that happen? What was that like? And have you been hunted down for witchcraft and other things? Well, how did it happen? I mean, you know, I've always been a libertarian. I was raised as a libertarian and not only was I raised as a libertarian, but I genuinely in like the deep bottom of my soul believe in it. And, but outside of my family, I never knew anyone that was a libertarian. So it was sort of this belief system that I just held privately because I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. Um, no one to like throw ideas at with or anyone else that even knew about the philosophy or any of the principles. So you're more likely to find people that are willing to do hard drugs with you than talk about libertarian philosophy and oh. economics and all that jazz. I mean, I could find like a hundred people to do hard drugs with me very easily <laughs> like that, <laughs> but talk about libertarianism. No. no. Um, so that, that was my experience. Um, before I came out of the closet, <laughs> then during COVID, oh my God, like I got hit really bad with the whole lockdown experience because my, all my income dried up in my modeling career. And then I had also um, just started, um, I had a startup and it launched four weeks before the lockdown started. So uh. that had to close too. So I had two horrible things happen to me financially um, that were, you know, obviously largely um, the fault of the government. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then as like, as we really got a couple weeks into the lockdown, I was so incensed by all of our liberties that were being taken from us. And also even more incensed by people being so okay with it that I just emotionally, I was like, I need to find other libertarians like now. So I turned to Instagram naturally. As one does. As one does for everything. I, I went to Google the first time. I had no clue oh, what I, I, I had no clue what that was. And I made the mistake of also Googling um, Austrian economists, but I didn't quite <laughs> remember it being Austrian. So I put Australian and that was a whole oh. other thing. Yeah, that's confusing. <laughs> Okay, well, so I started looking for, I was like, let me see if I can find like an Instagram account that does some libertarian posts, you know, like I didn't even know if that existed because I had never looked for it. Isn't that crazy? So um, actually, We Are Libertarians was one of the accounts that I started following. And then it became quickly became my favorite account because I found out Chris was a millennial and he was normal. And I was like, that's awesome. You know, you don't see that a lot. And then also I loved his memes. I love memes. So I'm like, okay, that's awesome too. They are the currency and of the soul. Honestly. Um, it's like a whole new way of communicating and I love it. And um, then I got in touch with Chris because I had this idea. And then... I had one tiny baby idea and Chris was like, we're going to do this whole mountain of things. and You're going to be in it. And I was like, yes, let's do it. So. You chose an interesting, I mean, you chose an interesting time to get involved because I feel like a lot of people are on their way out. They're planning like their personal and professional exit strategies. And it, it, this has been such a, such I mean, a exiting from the party. 
Well, I'm sorry. I'm talking about exiting from like civilization, like oh, you know, yeah, finding totally. small like swaths of land and like Botswana yeah, yeah. and starting like totally. a Colonel Kurtz apocalypse now cult. Yeah, it, it, it seems like you have people that are either for the first time trying to become extremely politically active in one shape or form for the first time in their life. I think yeah. it's because without sports, without movies, without anything else, this is the only entertainment people have. And then you have a lot of people who have been warning about the the actions of the state and what happens when you have this collectivist society that has suddenly yeah. you know it's turned into an army of Karens both online and offline yeah. and they they seem to be the other way and then I <laughs> find myself stuck in the middle because I'm at a point in my life where it's like I want to run but I can't do it right now so I might as well watch and see how the roller coaster ends um, what 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 was going through your mind during the process when you were finally like in it at this point, because now that now the door is wide open, except for Tom Cruise, he's still hiding in the back. Um, but in terms of, you know, the Liberty Closet, uh, I don't think there's ever been a stranger time to be a libertarian. I mean, often with with the Internet, you've got two very big, loud voices. You've got libertarians and then you've got socialists. But then when you, you know, log off your device and you go in the real world, you have people who are more on the left, more on the right. And I believe a large chunk of this population is politically apathetic. They just don't care. They don't have strong opinions yeah. about things. But to be a libertarian online, like it's it's quite strange because I had like I don't look at book reviews. I went and looked up the, some new reviews for my book and there was one guy that gave me one star and I thought it was because he had a problem with the content itself. He just said, we can't allow anything with the words libertarian to get out because we've seen the actions of what libertarian theory gets us amidst the pandemic. And I'm like, if you think this is a libertarian's fault, then you've got what? so many other problems to deal with. What the? Blaming us. Okay. So yeah. it's turned like, into a whole a weird book. situation. That's like so stupid. Yeah. Oh, I think you're frozen. I think I'm frozen. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. Renzo? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, I, it froze for a sec. I can't see you, but I... It's okay. Oh, you now, can see, I see, yeah, you now I see. Now I see Chris's photo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now okay. It works. Hi. Um, yeah. That. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is a weird time to to be a libertarian. What, what have what has happened thus far? Okay. Actually, I feel like um, I don't feel like that at all. Okay. Sell it I to me. I feel like okay. I feel like for the first time, and now I've been a libertarian since I'm a baby. I don't even know. Like I'm always a libertarian my whole life. I have not been involved in the party, but I've always been able to, since I'm a child, I've always had a libertarian point of view on government, on society, on education, on liberties, on everything. And I feel like this is the first time in my life that I can, that I can point to what is going on in society clearly to someone that doesn't understand libertarianism and have a good example for them. And they'll be like, oh, oh, right, that is a liberty that they took from us. Because I think before this lockdown, our, obviously our liberties have been encroached on by the government, you know, for the last, like, Ever. since the government was created. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the whole point of it. But in such small ways, in such ways that people don't see with a law here and a law there and a tax here and a business regulation there and all these little minute things that you couldn't point to as a normal person in a normal society that's not really libertarian and they can't grasp it. They're, 
like I said, I came out of the closet recently. Yes. But once in a while I would like dabble with someone and be like, well, you know, this is, and they were like, it just was like blinders over them. But I feel now is the first time that people are like, oh yeah, you're right. I see that. I see that. And people are starting to see it. So I feel like in a way, this is a great time for our party because never in our lives, obviously, um, <laughs> this lockdown has just been from another fucking world, you know, of uh, freedoms being taken from us. So what, what I do you think? think yeah, I mean, what, what do you think this has been like for your average person? Because this is, I, I agree with you, this is probably the first time in most people's lives that they are now directly affected by something mm-hmm. that they see on TV mm-hmm. for once. And I feel like everyone's jumped to one thing or another. Either one side is prepping for like Mad Max is Australia, and then the other yeah. side is expecting us to turn into like a totalitarian police state, and there's no middle. It's like we're it's like we're in Star Wars. It's like only Sith steel and absolutes. Now we're in the stage where it's either burn the cities down or let the cops run through your house. It's just it's insane. I mean, I definitely see how polarizing this is for people because I feel like people are oh God, even with like the lockdown mixed with the race riots, it's like it's put people into two boxes. One box is like Wait, Remzo, can you hear yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were frozen again. One box is like people that are like pro cop, pretty racist, pro Trump. And then the other side is Bernie, BLM, socialism. <laughs> like, that's basically, it. you know, like, and man, okay. And that's what I see. Obviously, we're all, we all see that in the media, in the news that we're getting and the way the stories are being reported. But I don't, I don't know if like, I still feel like the majority of people in this country don't really fucking care. Are you a (laughs) pessimist or an optimist uh, generally? God, I don't know. I think I think I've always naturally been more inclined to be a pessimist with many things. Yeah. And it's the the challenge I've had for myself is look at this situation and try and find the silver lining with it. I believe that there's gonna be some good that comes out of this. Like in in my uh in my county, I'm in Fairfax, Virginia. We have yeah. like the the richest, most prosperous public education system ever. I was a product. Of, I was a product of it. I think it was shit. So I can only imagine what other school districts are like. But we had over 3,500 students countywide pull out permanently, and they're being homeschooled. They're going to private schools. They're doing other stuff. Wow. Some are going straight into community college. I look at you know our educational industrial complex. I think that public education's one of the most soul crushing things that can happen yeah. to a person. So I I'm agree. looking at, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, wow, people are actually getting it. And parents are finally figuring out regardless of where they are politically, that it was mainly just daycare and that they actually, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, they That's actually I benefit like more. I, I were, were you bored as a student? Like, were you bored? I, not only was I bored, I was a horrible student. I dropped out of high school and got my GED because I was like, I'm not being babysat. I need to go work. I, oh my and gosh. I, 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 
I I totally understand where you're going with that. When I like, I was like, I was like really like smart and all my test scores were super high. And like, I, but I was just like, I'm not doing this because it was like insulting to me in a way. I asked if I could do that my sophomore year of high school. My parents were like, no, you need need to go to school. But like, if, when I, when I play like the what if game in my head, it's like, if I could have, if I could have just dropped out and gotten a GED, that would have been so much better. And I think so many yeah. other people are starting to realize that this one size fits all solution to educating and socializing your children is just wrong. Uh, there was a study put out by the Department of Education itself <laughs> where they basically showed that the only other place other than prison in your life where you're more likely to be violently assaulted is in an American public school. And when it's public schools in prison, that's never a good outcome. So there's an example. There's an example of one positive thing that's going to happen. I believe that, you know, the the whole charade is up. People are looking at teachers who don't want to go back and everything else. And they've been paid regardless of how they teach. And now they're finally saying, yeah, this this whole gimmick is done. But then at the same time, you've got like the other end of the scale. Um, I don't know. You're in New Jersey, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have terrible gun laws to begin with here in Virginia. uh, We can buy guns anywhere we want. The problem is there's no ammo for the first time since I've lived here in 2008. There is a statewide ammo shortage, which gives me this thought that everybody and their grandma is literally arming up. So in one way, as a second amendment guy, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That also makes me think, Oh my God, all these other people have guns now. Well, I think it gives uh, that market is giving you a glimpse of where people's minds are at, which is alarming in a way, you know, I mean, I I'm pro gun obviously, but it's like, wow, like people are um, scared right now. They have, they feel the need to protect themselves. And I'm hoping that they're getting a clue that it's the government that they have to protect themselves from, because that's the idea that people cannot grasp. That's the idea that is not taught to us, obviously, in public school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that the mental dependency that Americans have on the government now is out of control. The biggest question I get when I talk to people about libertarianism is, well, who would take over this program? Well, who <laughs> would do it? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if fucking free market, like every other thing in life, it functions perfectly. Like it's crazy. That, and people are like, well, how would that work? And it's like, it blows their mind to even question that the free market could be effective, more effective than a government program. And the fact that people have such a hard time grasping that idea is, it scares me for the future of this country. That's what's the, that scares me that I'm like, Yeah. The the question that, yeah, I mean, the question I think the media likes to put out a lot is what will your life be like a year from now? It's always that big, vague question of like, you know, James Cameron music in the background, like, dun, dun, how is your life going to be next year? And it's, yeah. it, it's always this like giant vague mystery and it's never good regardless as to how you're looking at it. And like, as I've been thinking of, you know, what will things look like a year from now? I'm really trying to understand now. And if there are two books, because I'm always recommending books, if there are two books I would recommend to listeners who have to deal with family and friends who are glued to the TV and cannot stop watching videos of people killing each other online, it's, it's these two, Don Quixote and The Crucible. Old ass books, really old. You probably read them in high school. 
But, you know, what's the big problem with Don Quixote? We're dealing with a mentally ill man who's, you know, putting on knight's armor and he's attacking windmills because he's convinced that they're dragons. And you've got all that going on. Then you've got the Crucible, which talks about the Salem witch trials and how people were using that fear of accusing people of, you know, practicing witchcraft to go ahead and persecute their neighbors to eventually kill everyone they don't like. I think right now we're living in like a combination of Don Quixote where we're chasing windmills and the crucible where everyone's a witch. And then the question with that is like, what does, what does normal look like? Because the election's coming, but the cool thing about it is it's going to be over. And if you care about the things that we care about, we ultimately know that everybody loses, but there has to be some normal afterwards. I don't know what that normal looks like. I've been thinking about that a lot too. Um, my, my, my thought on what's been going on and what is going to go on is that for the past four years, the media has been like just hounding us. Like it, they just don't stop and we haven't gotten a break. You know, it's like, the left's against Trump for the last four fucking years. And honestly, I'm sick of it and everyone else is sick of it. And I don't want Biden to win. I don't want Trump to win, but if I have to choose between the two, which I'm not voting for either of them, but I hope that Biden doesn't win. But if Trump wins, I, I'm like scared of like the next four years. Of Let's be honest. One, one, of, one, of, one of two men are going to be president on November 4th. Yeah. Exactly. Trump or Kanye West. <laughs> I, I strongly, I, I really genuinely don't believe, I genuinely don't believe that Biden has a snowball's chance in hell. I will take that money to the bank. I don't believe it. I think it's going to be Trump landslide. And I'm in, I'm in Northern Virginia. I think Virginia is going to blue. I'm going to, I'm probably going to vote Trump or Kanye. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of these situations where we have to decide, like, what does winning look like? Because in life, we understand that sometimes the two best options available, they all suck. And my thing is this, there was a, there was an interview Trump did where he said that he considers himself a libertarian and people were, were having fun with that. I don't believe that Trump is a libertarian at all. I think Trump is about Trump and Trump does what he thinks is good, whether that's good or bad. My, my thing about Trump, and this is both a positive and a negative, so it's neither a compliment or an insult. I think Trump forces people to expose who they really are. I think, mm-hmm. I think Trump forces people to expose themselves for who they really are. We saw this with a ton of politicians that uh, you know, either did everything to worship him, to get money out of it or power, or people that went ahead and just blamed him for everything because they don't want to lose any vestige of power then for a lot of people, it really showed, it's like, where do your allegiances lie between a party within a person's personality? Or are you actually guided by principles? Um, You know, I think when it comes to the systems of government and all our institutions, what we've been forced to ask ourselves is, should the power of the Oval Office be so big that we worry about every little thing he does? And I think these are questions that nobody was really asking prior. The fact that within the first couple of years of Trump, you know, um, the left suddenly became anti-war again. And we're talking about states' rights and separations of power. It's like I was looking at this and I'm like, oh, 
they can see now, good job, Helen Keller, you're not blind anymore or something like that. But yeah. then it ultimately came down to, no, they just hate him more than anything else. Orange man bad. Yeah. I think with yeah. Biden, we just see what we were used to. But with Trump, I genuinely see the only positive you know, big long-term impacts he has with an additional four years is let's see what he's like as a lame duck. Let's see what really happens and what these people do to each other, because it's this giant reality show that we're all part of and it affects us. But the big question should be, should it? And why does it? And what led us to here? I don't, I don't think the answers within our own lives are going to come through political outcomes. That's why ultimately I, I barely even vote anymore. What are some of the things that you've looked at within your own life where you've asked yourself, am I, what, what am I doing now to make myself freer? Because that seems to be the question I'm asking myself a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, is my physical health great? Yeah, no, not really. Uh, is my, are my finances great? Okay, I could talk about that. Or am I free here? You know, we're asking yeah. ourselves questions like, if I needed to leave, could I leave? If I needed to go somewhere else, could I go there? I think it's yeah. really going to have to come down to individual actions within our own lives and less about the political outcomes of things outside our control. But that was just another tangent. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about the last thing you just said. Um, I think it's a really good question that people should be asking themselves. What are you doing to make yourself freer? Um, you know, I was thinking about that. I don't know, recently during this lockdown, that came to my mind about how I live, what I do for work, um, what taxes I pay and which ones I don't, you know, like how I try to just have cash jobs if I can, or always go around, pay cash. Like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of little things that you can do in your life to make yourself more free, to, to get out from underneath the government's grip, you know, um, to avoid taxes. Um, That's the story of I my think, life right there. Avoiding taxes. Yeah, me too. Oh my God. <laughs> I hope like no one from one the body. IRS listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I but, fear more than God is the IRS. <laughs> fuck them. Ugh, disgusting to me. But I mean, that's a really good question. I think, I think that, but I think that some people that don't understand libertarianism, they wouldn't even understand that question. Yeah. So what does that question mean to someone that doesn't know the philosophy of libertarianism? What that means is, um, they'd probably think they were doing okay. Well, yeah, I was going to say like, everyone thinks they're like, well, I'm an American. I'm free. Well, you need to question that a little more. How free are you? How much do you pay in taxes? Can you change your job so that you can pay less in taxes or no taxes at all? Even better. Um, you know, can you get a citizenship in another country? Can you, can you make a deal with someone you're doing business with and do things on the side off book? You know, like these are things that are good for you, good for your life. They save you money. They give you more liberty. Um, but I don't think people know about that or they're scared of it or they haven't, they don't have experience with it. So they don't, you know, maybe they're like, Oh, I don't know about that stuff. These these are like, these are like those scary esoteric questions that people like to avoid at all costs. And I feel like libertarians, we instinctively have this different outlook on things Uh where that seems to be the, the only natural. Yeah. The only, 
it's like the ultimate um, goal. <laughs> okay, we're, goal. We're, we're about we're we're about to nerd out. You're an Ayn Rand fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Howard, Howard Rourke is my spirit animal. Um, is he? Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Howard. Yeah, I, I want I wanted to get a. Um, I'm not going to talk about the tramp stamp tattoo I almost got in college. Anyway, it was it was a whole other thing, <laughs> either here nor there. But like you know, that, that's one of the things that. Uh, a lot of people find scary about Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand is not what some people would consider a through and through libertarian, but a lot of objectivism overlaps of libertarian. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, and I I believe that um, you know uh, Ayn Rand is some is uh, like all her books should be required reading for most people, whether you agree, I agree. With her or not, because she forces you to ask yourself questions you would otherwise never be asked anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I never found her too threatening. Like, you know, she, she's, she was very pro-choice. I'm very pro-life. She was an atheist. This is the end. This is everything. I'm a Christian. But she made me assess certain things about myself that I would have never assessed otherwise. That's why I think, yeah. you know, anyone that makes you think and put yourself on the spot so you have to not just come up with an answer but provide a reason is, is important. And she, yeah. she does big, it in many ways. Big moral questions. Yeah, she, yeah. she answers life's biggest moral questions. And, and I think the biggest thing that, philosophy. yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing that scares people is that they never think of themselves as an individual until things really come down to like life or death circumstances. And I think that's what's led us to this point now hmm. where, you know, everyone's being driven to one side or another. Uh, you, you can't have an individual choice. There can't be a gray area. And if you're seen doing something that's outside of the pack, you're going to be targeted. It's uh, it, it's those. Yeah, I feel of like questions. this has been like a war on the individual. This has for been a long time. This what we're living in right now is a freaking Ayn Rand novel. It is, and but yeah. the reason why it is is because you know she lived through the Russian Revolution and she saw socialism come into play in her own world. So she had a firsthand understanding of how this can actually happen. You know, she saw her government be overthrown and people, you know, slip into poverty and corruption and God, I mean, it influenced her whole philosophy. And I think, I think the biggest thing that I've taken from studying objectivism is that it gave me a tool that I can pinpoint people and what kind of person are you morally based on what they do, how they live and their belief system. But you don't even have to ask them those questions. You can kind of, it's like this weird thing. Like once you read Atlas Shrugged, you're like, Oh, you're that type of person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like seriously, seriously, you're 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 absolutely I spot don't on. Yeah, and I I've been thinking like wh- whenever there's been like a serious global situation, whether it was war, famine, plagues, whatever, like amazing people always come out the other end. And yeah. I'm I'm looking at the situation right now, and I'm just looking like we're gonna get the next Thomas Sowell out of this, Thomas Sowell. We're going to get the next Ayn Rand or the next Milton yeah. Friedman or Barry Goldwater. True. It's just a matter of asking ourselves, like, are they already here? Do we know their names? Or are we going to have to wait a little bit? 
and what situations right now. I'm, I'm trying to be an optimist. I, I really am because my, my mind automatically goes towards like the worst case scenario. And it's very easy to get bogged down on that, especially now. Well, the reason I, you asked me before if I'm an optimist or pessimist, I actually think that I'm a realist, but I'm probably leaning oh, a little God, bit more Oh, God, that's such an optimism. objectivist thing to say. <laughs> well, I'm saying, I, that's my goal, though. I always try to be, like, logic-based. But I do lean toward optimism, I think, because historically, has the worst thing always happened? No, not always. So you can't assume that, because I don't think logically that would be correct. Yeah. So I think it's... Um, probably good to hit middle of the road on that and maybe mentally healthy once in a while to be optimistic. I can believe that there's this, uh, there's a saying by Aristotle where he, I'm sorry, not Aristotle, uh, Marcus Aurelius in his mm-hmm. journal meditations. And he basically goes like the, the worst, the, I'm paraphrasing the hell out of this. The worst outcomes are always in my head. So let reality be disappointing. Basically yeah. saying, you know, everything that I can think of is going to be worse that can what that can that can what potentially actually happen. Therefore, it's yeah. not going to be as bad as I think it is. But uh, I mean, these are all the questions, and they're complicated. And I'm yeah. still I'm still trying to answer them. It's it's yeah. a it's times like these I think force us to do it because I don't think I would have ever been confronted with these myself otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Definitely, this. Um lockdown has been humbling and if you're not doing some deep thinking during lockdown you're never going to do deep thinking (laughs) yeah it's always good to be productive though and one thing i'm really excited to talk about is the new series that you're going to be working on liberty explained i'm glad that somebody is doing it because i'm tired of explaining it so now it's time to pass the baton (laughs) and move on of our lives What, what what's going on with that what can you tell folks give us a little sneak peek well, um, me and Chris Spangle, and well, I have to say it's mostly Chris and all the other people that are supporting us behind the scenes doing all the research. Blessed but, be his name. Uh, what's that? Oh, I said blessed be his name greatly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, me and Chris and um, Chris's friend Levy, who I haven't met yet, but I'll meet her next week. We're producing a podcast series that also has an Instagram and a website, libertyexplained.com. And what it does is it explains liberty to people and really the libertarian movement to people that have no idea what it is. Um, And this happened because I've been talking a lot about libertarianism um, during the lockdown. And you know, I told you, like, I came out of the closet and I really started talking about it a lot. And most I of the hope that becomes that I, a bumper sticker. Get out of the closet. That would hey, be, should fun. that be our new lingo? <laughs> that should be the thing. <laughs> that's, should, that's the catchphrase. Get out of the closet. And then people are going to be yeah. like, I thought yeah. we were past that. It's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> the libertarian closet. So, okay. So, um, yeah, I was talking about a lot. Most of the people that I associate with are Republicans Um, Because I live in a really Republican area of New Jersey. And, um, like, you can only do so much justice in um, a few minutes of time talking to someone about what libertarianism is. So I found myself, like, wanting some bullet-pointed, like, means or just a little list or some stuff I can 
sent someone on Instagram and I was like, I really can't find this stuff. Like simple, concise, very easy to, um, swallow things. And so I bet size Liberty. Yeah, exactly. So I, I contacted Chris and I was like, Chris, um, I need this stuff. Do you have it? And he was like, no, but I really want to produce it. And I was like, I do too. Let's do it. (laughs) So we started this thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's coming out really soon. And we talk about like, if you're a person that's interested and you're curious, like, what is a libertarian? I don't fully understand it. I think I might like it. What do they really believe in? What is it really all about? This is like, really like, um, a millennial friendly space that we're like, we're all like young, normal millennial people. We're not like some like dusty old man, like using like language that you can't understand. Like we're all just like normal people, like breaking down what the whole philosophy is, um, in like a cool, fun way, you know? So it's pretty cool. Yeah. No, this is one of those things that I think, uh, unless you really think about, I think a lot of libertarians, they want to jump right into the deep end of the pool with people. Yeah. And as soon as you jump into that and then you're telling people that have never even swam before to jump in, they, they get kind of pushed off by it. My, my, yeah, my challenge has always been, how do I describe the super complicated thing that really isn't that complicated to people that really have only a public school understanding of how politics works. And I I always started off with, um, you know, libertarians believe that you shouldn't hurt people and you shouldn't take their stuff and that people should be able to live their lives as they want, as long as they don't do any of that other stuff. Because I think everyone instinctively is like, well, I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to take your stuff. But then you go and you're like, okay, how do you feel about the drug war? It's like they start foaming at the mouth, like someone from the evil dead. It's like they just become like Linda Blair. Their head starts spinning, you know, green yeah. puke flying out. And, and then it's like, well, you know, what, what do you think about private businesses? Not, you know, not serving people. If you want to get really edgy with it, it's like, should should a Jewish bakery be forced by the government to prepare a Nazi wedding cake? Stuff Absolutely like that. That's, yeah, like it starts, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, like you start throwing these theoreticals out there and then they start yeah. getting out. I think with libertarians, what we need to do is we need to take them into like the kiddie pool and then maybe just exactly. get them out there. So by the time they're going to the deeper end, they, they don't need to hold your hand. They don't need floaties. They're just going to be yeah. instinctively floating over there. And then they're going to get to the point where they come to these conclusions themselves. Because if well, they are for freedom, yeah. then what, what is the question? Uh, yeah, um, that's our goal. And the way we're approaching it is, um, you know, I noticed when I was talking to people, when I first started talking to people about this, um, people couldn't really grasp the principles. They can't grasp the principles right away. But what they were able to understand was, like, um, what do libertarians vote on? What do they support? You know, like libertarians are like socially radical. They're like, as long as you're not hurting me, do what you want. You want to do drugs? You go do drugs. You want to get abortion? Go ahead. You want to build a really crazy house in the middle of the woods? See you later. You know, like do that. And they believe in small government, you know? So when I would tell people things like that, like they were like, oh, 
like I saw it start to like connect with them. And I was kind of like, huh, because I always thought like they have to have like some philosophy first, like the principles and then build on that. But then as I was like teaching these people, I'd never even like heard of the party. Like, yeah, like libertarians, like social issues, they're like really like progressive. Like they basically socially, like you do whatever you want, but then they believe in like really limited government and like they only want government involved in like, you know, um, fence. And like, I think they they think those, yeah, I mean, I think they think that those things have to be separate. Because how could you allow all this other stuff to happen also at the same time if you're not forcing it to happen? What things to be separate? What do you mean? Well, okay. Um, well, let's let's take the, the marriage issue as an example. Because it's one of those things that everyone's kind of like on a consensus on right now. It, it feels like a million years ago that this was still controversial. But it's really only been five mm-hmm. years. Why did we need the government to tell people who they could and could not marry? Because even though people felt like they could do it because they chose to do it, we were all looking at the government to make it right. happen. And then we were all forcing each other to take responsibility over the actions. That came down to a Supreme Court decision. And my, you know, I think for a lot of people that were already liberty-minded, we were looking at this and it's like, why were we asking those people permission to begin with? Yeah. Well, that's like the overarching question of our lives. Why are we asking them for permission? And I feel like if the whole country could grasp that idea game changer yeah and it's one of those things where it it is obvious but when you put the words out there that's when things become controversial i remember i was in uh i was in dc in 2015 i was at freedom works at the time and somebody asked me this right before the supreme court decision came out uh you know legalizing same-sex marriage somebody asked me where i stood on marriage and I said, I'm against marriage. And then they're like, what? Like as an institution? I'm like, no, I'm not for one marriage or another marriage. I'm against the government having any role in marriage. I think that yeah. should just be a contract between two people. Yeah. And then that's where it became weird. It's like, yeah, but what if people tell other people not to do? I'm like, who are these people? I need you to point to the people because the only people I see telling people what to think about that are across the street of Capitol Hill. No one else no. is telling people that. No one cares. We're, I mean, we're, always, we're always looking for the person to tell us what to do, though. I think that's also part of it. This constant idea of, of, of if somebody doesn't say it or if somebody isn't giving the guidelines, does that mean there are no rules? Does that mean I can't do something? Does that mean I do it myself? It's these things that are so simple, yet when they begin to see it, it's like, oh, this has just opened up a giant can of what about this? Yep, yeah, I know. Well, I think that goes back to what we were saying before about the public school education, because uh, not only does the public school education fail us in like general education, they don't teach people how to think for themselves. That doesn't happen. Um, it's really a collectivist um, education. Um, most people never even have the idea introduced into their lives of individualism, personal accountability. Um, It's just so much collectivism. And it's so, it's led us to where we are now. It's damaging. 
A- absolutely. What was so kind of? I kind of want to focus in on something. When uh, yeah. when when you dropped out of high school and you and you got your GED, how old were you when you did that? Um, seventeen. Okay. What what were the reactions from other people? Because he, here's what I always thought, and this was always this is something that I think only recently more people have begun, have begun to look at. Because like now, if people ask me if you could go back in time and do this, what would you do? I tell them I would have dropped out at 16. I would have got my GED and I would have started working. Now I say yeah. that, and some people are like, "Yeah, that makes sense. I totally. I wish I could have done that." I feel yeah. like if I said that like 10 years ago, well, 10 years ago I was that old. Um, you know, it would have been like, oh, don't you know what they say about people who get GEDs? They're just going to drop out, <laughs> do drugs, go to jail. And it's, oh. it's everyone. It's one of those universal things where it's like, we, we have this idea of the type of people that get it, but it's like the why also matters. We jump to these immediate conclusions without having anything really to back it up. Yeah, you're right. And like why? cultural presuppositions about it. Yeah. Um, so are you asking me why I did? <laughs> no, I like like what 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 did other people say when you told them that you wanted to oh. do that or when you did do it? Well, I didn't tell anyone except for my mom. Um, you know, I was a horrible horrible teenager. <laughs> 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 I was just a nightmare. Well, for, yeah, I mean I was a horrible nightmare and I was a horrible student by choice. Um, I never went to school. And when I went, I would just constantly get suspended because I was just like, this is so insulting to my intelligence. Like I'm not being babysat and ushered around by a bunch of like loser adults that like aren't even teaching me anything relevant. You know, like, I mean, by the time I was 15, I had already been like, you know, (laughs) indoctrinated into like objectivism and libertarianism for like 10 years like I'm like whoa 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 this is not jiving with me like and I didn't even know how to like put that into like you know connect that but I just knew in my gut like I was like I don't need to learn about another fucking war in this stupid history class I need to go to work I need to get life skills I need to make money and I was just like I knew it was a waste of time inherently I don't know why Um, I also loved partying, going out and like seeing my friends and getting drunk and smoking weed and stuff. So I was just like always out, like having fun. And that's really what I wanted to do. And I was working too. um, But I worked at a juice bar and gym. (laughs) It was a really big deal. Okay. There you go. (laughs) So, but I mean, I had tortured my mom through like three years almost of high school. One of them, I was homeschooled because I got mono and I was like I ain't giving household which was <laughs> and I was just a nightmare and I like so my mom came to school one day and my guidance counselor was like you know your daughter is not going to be able to graduate because I had like straight f's through high school because I never went and my mom just looked at me and she was like do you want to leave and I was like yeah and she was like all right where do I sign? And she signed me out. And then like we left school and I like went, we went to a bakery and got like some like cake and stuff, went home and celebrated (laughs) because it was great. And then like, I, like I got my GED like two months later. And in that time, I, I live an hour outside of New York city. So I got a waitressing job and then I started taking art classes in Manhattan because I'm an artist and I um, built my portfolio and I got a scholarship to go to college in the next year and a half. Um, 
So I, I worked and I built my life to the way I wanted it to be, you know? Wow, so I, I you didn't, didn't just end up like strung out on heroin no. and out of prison. <laughs> no. But that's I've what we're taught. That's what, that's what we're taught. That's what society wants to tell I us. I know. If you, take, if you, if you leave the, the prestigious public education that we all have to oh, yeah. die on a hill for, it's just your, your yeah. life is over. Well, I asked them to look at me. I mean, not like I'm some fucking billionaire, but you know what? I live a good life. I've had a really great modeling career. I got to go to college. I traveled the world. I've started my own business a few times. Like I'm successful and public school did shit for me. <laughs> Sorry. It's the best way to put it. But, but I mean, ultimately you, even at a young age, you ultimately determined it's like, listen, if I'm going to have to deal with all of this, it might as well be my choice, good or bad. Yeah. It's my choice. And I think that's the one thing that people are going to have to ask themselves now and ask themselves after this. Do I, or do I not allow them to shut down my business? Yes. Do I, or do I not allow them to force me away from my friends and family? Do I, or do I not call out bad abuses of authority when I see it left yes. right or indifferent this the age of convenience is over this is the world now you know I want to say something about that I remember when I was <clears throat> I want to say I was in eighth grade so maybe I was 12 or something mm-hmm. um, my dad had driven me to school that day and we were talking in the car on the way to him dropping me off. And I was definitely complaining about something with school. Cause I was just, school was like, like a, a big tumor on my back. <laughs> it was just, it never made me feel good. You know, even when I was really little. So it's like one of those talking um, tumors on TV. It's like <laughs> the quadratic formula. It's like, teach me how to do taxes. <laughs> literally, literally. So my dad said to me, you know, Joel, he said, you have a choice. You always have a choice. And I was like, oh, (laughs) oh, (laughs) you know, and he said, no matter what, if something is, you know, if you don't have to do anything, you have a choice and that choice is powerful. And that struck me that stayed with me forever because as like a, from when I was 12, I I always knew, like, even when someone told me to do something, if I didn't agree with it, I was like, no, it was my choice, you know, like, and people need to understand that. I think that was an idea that was really powerful to me. I wish everyone knew that. Um, And I've always known that. That's, I think is why my life is so different because I'm always just like, I choose no matter what the law is, no matter what, society is saying no matter what people are pushing or condemning i always understand that i have a choice and i always exercise that choice that that's a that's a beautiful way to put it now i'm about to completely ruin it i uh (laughs) i I had well like i always feel like when i come out with something like oh yeah i had something similar happen it's always less less cool uh very less poetic but like i i had that moment when i was like five I don't know if it's because I, as, as a toddler, I was already an asshole. 
or if I was just thinking objectively, <laughs> but like okay. one, one of the, one of the biggest lies I feel that people, especially parents, especially new parents, and I'm not a parent, right. but I feel like all my friends that have recently become parents feel like they're part of the system. They've become the man themselves when I they, agree. when they, <laughs> when, when they like, you know, finally put their kids in a, in like daycare or preschool or something. And one of the first things they teach them is sharing is caring. No, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like I just remember, like I had a power Rangers action figure and somebody asked if they could play with it. And I said, no, because it's mine. And they said, but you're not actively playing with it. I'm like, it's in my hand. It's mine. And then I got Uh in trouble from the teacher because she said I wasn't caring enough. And I said, like, I, I probably yeah that's not a good lesson fun. yeah yeah like my thing was like it, it doesn't make any sense it's mine it's, it's like it, it starts it starts so infantile and I and I would sell this to like friends of mine in college and they're like well why didn't you just share well were you actually because it's yours yeah it's like well I think the question to ask fighting is, over that yeah well I think the question to ask in that situation is why was the lesson that you have to share why wasn't the lesson that's his leave him alone boom right there yeah and I agree with you on that. Cause that's like a, an entitlement thing. Everyone has to share their shit with you. It's not yours. Get off of it. You know, like that's not healthy. Yeah. No, the, the grooming starts. Yeah. I mean the, the, the grooming starts yeah. young and, and what you said about everything being a choice, it's like, we, we tend to forget that or we tend to want to push it away. And that's, what's created yeah. the world we live in now where we don't want to make the hard choices. We want others to make it. And then we get mad at them when they make other choices. Yep, it's, you're right. You know, it's it's the world that we live in. I'm hoping that within the next generation or so, more people will say, no, nope, this is very inconvenient and we got to change the system. For better or for worse, it's going to be a choice. Julia, thank you so much for coming on the program. I've had an absolute oh, blast. Thank you thank for you. all the work you're putting in. And I'm excited to see everything come to fruition. If people, oh, thank you. Absolutely. If people want to keep up with you, track everything that's going on, how could they do so? Oh, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, my handle is Julia Geyer NYC. Um, it's J U L I A G E I E R N Y C. Awesome stuff. And you can also go to libertyexplained.com um, and you can check out the podcasts and the website and also the Instagram at Liberty Explained. And folks, I'll make it easy for you too. I'll even go ahead and link it to the show notes so it's all one place. As always, please don't go around burning other people's shit down and be nice to each other. As Bill and Ted said, be excellent and party on. I'm Remsa W. Martinez. You're listening to On The Run. Good night. shows and more from the We Are Libertarians network at wearelibertarians.com.